people were coming this evening to God's Word and we're turning to the Gospel of Matthew, please. The Gospel of Matthew in chapter 24, in the verse 34. We're coming, coming back to the, our little series, The God You Need to Know. This evening we're thinking about the God who is coming again. And I suppose if I would have put another title on it, it's on the screen just now. And it's one minute to midnight is the title that I've given the sermon this evening. One minute uh, to midnight. Uh, if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Saviour, I want you to listen carefully. Because there's a day coming when God's grace will no longer be offered anymore. And you will have to face his wrath. And in the Bible there's a verse for preachers. And it teaches them to speak the truth in love. That's what it says. Speak the truth in love. And all I will say to you this evening, except from a heart of compassion and genuine love for your soul, I want you to prepare to meet the Lord while there's still time. The Gospel of Matthew, please, in the chapter 24. We're reading from the verse 34. This is the word of the Lord. It's the Lord Jesus speaking here, and he says, Verily or surely, I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in the watch, and in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, Listen to your unconverted friend to this verse tonight. Therefore, in light of the fact that the Lord could return at any moment, therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. A couple of years ago, many of our world leaders uh, met in Glasgow for something they called COP26. It was a climate change conference. Uh, and many world leaders took to the stage and they gave speeches and they challenged one another to act now and reverse climate change. And one of those who addressed the world leaders at the conference was our former Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. And he warned those present, he said, it's one minute to midnight on that doomsday clock. 
And we need to act now. He said it's one minute to midnight on that doomsday clock. And we need to act now. One minute to midnight. Boris Johnson is of course referring to climate change. But I want to talk this evening about God's clock. You see, dear friend, I too believe that we're one minute to midnight. Not regarding climate change, but one minute from the day that millions will go missing as believers simply vanish from planet Earth in an event known as the rapture of the church. There will be buses without drivers. There will be factories without workers. There will be planes without pilots. There will be whole families will disappear, or maybe only certain families, members of the family will disappear. You see, what's going to happen is that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming for his bride, and the bride of Christ will disappear. And I believe with all my heart that this is the next great event in God's prophetic calendar. This event when Christ will come again and receive his church. And the passage that we've read in Matthew tonight warns us that there will be those who are not ready and they'll be left behind. This event is imminent. It could happen at any hour. It could happen at any moment. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to come to the air and take his children home. But I wonder, are you ready? You see, I can borrow Boris Johnson's line tonight and say with regards to the Lord's return, it's one minute to mid that night on that doomsday clock. And we must act now. Whether you're ready or not, the Lord Jesus Christ will come. And you must prepare for that day. It's one minute to midnight. Maybe you're someone who is organized in many things and like the other people and they organized their funerals ahead of time and they've it all ready. And that they've everything paid for and they, they prepare for that and they prepare for everything ahead. And you know, so many people prepare for the funeral but they pre don't prepare for what comes after. And we like to prepare for so many things but I wonder if you prepared for Christ's return. You know, when Christ came the first time at Advent, we think about it at Christmas. When Christ came the first time as a little baby, then grew up as a man, people weren't ready that time. No one was ready for Christ to come into the world. You see, there, at the very start, there was no room for him in the end. But when he came to his own people, the Israelites, who were known as God's children, they wouldn't even receive him. When he preached sermons and performed miracles and spoke of salvation, what did people say about him? They said, away with him. Crucify him. We will not have this man to rule over us. The first time he came, no one was ready. That was over 2,000 years ago. What do you need to be ready for today, dear friend? What do you need to be ready for is when he comes again. You see, the day is coming that Christ will come to the air to receive this church. And if you don't prepare, he will be left behind. The promise in scripture is clear. Jesus is coming again. And you must prepare for this event. Our passage this evening warns, Therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour that he does not, the Son of Man cometh. 
in an hour that you don't expect, Jesus will come. I want you to note a few things from our passage this evening. They're very simple. But they're solemn as well. The first thing I want you to note is the suddenness of his coming. The suddenness of his coming. The Lord Jesus says in verse 36 of our passage, he says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days that were for as the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. In order to make this point, the Lord Jesus takes us all way back to the days of Noah. And we see the Lord Jesus make a comparison. You know the story of Noah, it's a very serious and solemn event. As it's an account of God's judgment on unrepentant sinners. You see, the Bible tells us that for 120 years, which was a lifetime in those days of Noah, Noah, he was a preacher of righteousness. God had told Noah that he was going to flood the world in judgment. And had instructed Noah to build the ark. And only all those who were on the ark would be saved from this judgment. And as a preacher of righteousness, Noah preached to him. He urged those who mocked him. And any preached for them to be ready for the incoming judgment of God. So the opportunity was offered to the people. And Noah pleaded with the people. And he knew and he loved these people. And he wanted them to come onto the ark with him. You know, it took a long time to build the ark and... The opportunity to come was extended over and over again. He encouraged the people to flee to safety and security by coming with them into the ark. But you know how the story ends. Think of that old children's chorus. Mr. Noah built an ark. The people thought it such a lark. Mr. Noah pleaded so, but into the ark they would not go. Opportunity lost. Convict Lake sparkled under the crisp winter sky of Sierra Nevada. It was surrounded by school banks that were nearly two feet tall. The lake was frozen over by a layer of thick ice. And applied this day in February, 15 teenagers and two counselors from Camp O'Neill, a residential facility for troubled young people, were on a holiday out in that lake. What began as an adventure ended in disaster. Some of the boys stayed with their counsellor on the shore, and other eight went down eight feet onto the ice, laughing and clowning around while their counsellor was snapping pictures. At first, no, no one noticed the five boys who were headed out to the middle of the lake. Then came the first morning, their counsellor spotted them and said, Get back here, it's dangerous out there. First morning was a boy. Far out in the frozen night lake, the second morning began to appear. The boys heard a loud crack beneath them and looked down to see the ice was fracturing under their weight. We shouldn't be doing this, going away to sleep. And he wisely started back towards shore. I don't care if I die, retorted another one of the boys as he smashed the ice with his hiking boots. Within seconds, the ice beneath those four boys gave way and they plunged into the freezing water. Hypothermia set in very quickly. That day, those four boys lost their lives. But not only theirs, their counsellor who tried to run out to save them, and two of those who attempted to rescue them from a rescue team. The 
warnings were there, the conspiracy warnings cracking the ice, the boy who turned back. He survived, he prepared for the inevitable. And when it comes to the Bible and what we find in God's Word, we see similar warnings, our eternal destiny, where we go, is determined by whether we heed warnings or ignore them. And our passage this evening tells us Jesus is coming again and we need to get ready. And you see, rescuers may be sent to save you. Preachers might be sent to share the gospel with you. And you could hear it and hear it and hear it. And you could know about it. But if you don't respond to it, if you don't heed the warnings, it's absolutely useless. You could have a friend who faithfully witnesses to you, who tells you about Christ over and over and over again, tells you of your lost escape. But if you don't come through for Christ, if you don't place your trust in Christ, it'll be useless. Your friend can plead with the Lord for your soul, but if you don't come to Christ, it's useless. And the day could come that your opportunity is gone. You're left to face the wrath and judgment of a holy God. There are warning signs all around. And here in God's word tonight, we find a warning. Because it says in verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. God in his grace and his mercy has allowed you to hear the gospel, this good news that the Lord Jesus Christ died for you and took your punishment, a Savior who can make your life worth living. You know, the day God shut the door of the ark, that day it began again any other day. Just like any other day. The people were getting home with their business. Verse 38, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. What's that mean? It just means they were getting home with every day life. And then all of a sudden the day of opportunity was born and God's wrath reigned in and you know the part of what the Lord Jesus says in this passage, there's a part of it that terrifies me. Because in verse 39, right, this terrifies me. It says, and they knew not. They knew not. After all of Noah's preaching, after all of Noah's pleading to prepare to board the ark, the one place of safety, even after they've been told so many times, still they would not enter in. And it said they knew not. They refused to listen. They refused to heed the warning. May that never be said of anyone in this gathering this evening. And there's some of you, and you, you might have heard the gospel message so many times, and yet you still don't know the Lord. You haven't sat up and really listened to the message of that the day is coming, that it could be forever too late. You see the people who Noah had preached to for years and years, they were all swept away, unpardoned, unrepentant, and not ready to meet their God. And just like in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Some will be prepared, but how can anyone dare to face God unprepared? I can't even think of a word strong enough to tell you how disastrous and catastrophic that would be. You see, Jesus is coming. But are you ready for the sickness of his return? 
The question is, are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you waiting and watching? Or will you be there? The suddenness of his coming. But I want you to see, secondly, the separation and his coming. The Lord Jesus has now explained the suddenness of his coming, but now he goes on and he tells that there's going to be separation. Verse 4, verse 40, read it with me. And shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, the other left. What's that? <laughs> Stay away, that means. For ye know not what a Lord your Lord doth come. Stay away. You don't know what hour the Lord will come. At the moment we'll all we all live together in the same world. We work together, we eat together, we, we sit together in this place this evening. But the question that the Lord Jesus wants to ask you is this will we be together when he comes again? There's one thing to be sure of. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes, there will be a great separation. And this great separation will affect many people. It will affect families. There will be separation. It will affect workplaces and work colleagues. It will affect church congregations. It will affect communities. There will be a great separation. There's no doubt about it. The Bible tells us this. You see, I want to tell you that our God is a separating God. We see this right throughout the Bible. When God created the world, what was the first thing he did? And he separated because he separated the light from the darkness. And he separated the heavens from the earth. And he separated the sea from the dry land. And he separated the night from the day. Our God is a separating God. And when he calls his people, he calls them to be separate. He called the children of Israel and he called them to be separate from other nations. And he calls his church today to be separate from the world. And they are called to be separate from the world by living a distinct and holy life. And if you read all that the Lord Jesus has to say, time and time again he speaks about this division that will happen when he comes again. The Lord Jesus warns you today that there will be a separation when he comes. Let me ask, are you going to be with the saved or are you going to be with the lost? I do believe this day is in It's one minute to midnight on the separation clock. You need to be ready. Are you? The Lord Jesus went to the cross of Calvary and there he paid the price for your sin. He shed his blood for you. He loves you and he wants you to be prepared for this day that's coming. And he's made all the preparations for you. And tonight this message is simple. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when Christ comes for his church, Paul tells us that they will call up to be with him in the air. They'll be called up to be with him in the air. And those who have prepared will be caught up, and those who haven't prepared will be caught up. The Lord Jesus means it very personal. Verse 40, two shall be in the field, one taken, one left. Separation, the converted will be caught up, the unconverted will be caught up. Verse 41, two women grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, the other left. Separation, the converted will be caught up, the unconverted will be caught up. Luke's Gospel tells us that there'll be two in a bed, 
One will be taken, one will be left. There's a married couple, one caught up, one caught up. The Lord Jesus makes this personal because it is personal. Mother and fathers, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, grandparents and grandchildren, aunts and uncles, friends and work colleagues, pastors and congregations, with all these personal ties, these people that we all know, the converted amongst them will be caught up, the unconverted, the unprepared will be caught up. Can I ask, does the reality of this event sink in yet? I want to tell you something. See, in the Old Testament, there were so many prophecies about his first coming, and every single one of them came true. And that's why I'm sure that Christ is coming again. Is the reality of this event second? The Bible talks about how there would be early birth times. Things that will begin to happen to show that this event is imminent. And they are evident all around this world. It is one minute to midnight. The Lord could come at any stage. We're all familiar with the word goodbye. It's often hard to say. But it's even harder when it's for all eternity. For many of us, we've already felt the pain of separation through the death of a loved one. And the wonderful, sure hope for those who have died in Christ is that they are now with the Saviour. And those of us who are ready will go to be with Him, the Saviour, and our loved ones again someday. You know, the person who dies without Christ, that's the beginning of eternal death. In the place that the Bible calls hell. Now, I don't say this lightly, we're talking about separation for all eternity. The night the Titanic sank on the 14th of April, 1912, 1,528 people went into the freezing water. John Harper, after putting his own daughter on a lifeboat, was seen frantically swimming from person to person, sharing the good news of salvation in Christ. You see, John Harper believed in the reality of heaven. Between breaths, he shouted to a young man, Are you saved? And when that young man replied, No, John Harper removed his own life jacket and threw it to him with the words, You need this more than me. Of the 1,520 people that went into the 28 people that went into the water that night, only six were rescued by the lifeboats. And one of them happened to be that young man. Four years later, the survivors meeting this young man stood up and recounted how John Harper that night led him to Christ. Because of the intense cold, John grew too weak to swim, and his final words as he went under the cold waters were, Believe in the, believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. This is reality. John Harper knew without salvation, these dear ones would be separated from God forever. He believed in enough to remove his own life jacket and give it to a young man to give him a chance. Verse 42 says, Stay awake, watch therefore, get ready. Because when Christ comes, our opportunity will be gone forever. The suddenness of his coming, the separation at his coming, but what about the solution to his coming? 
Look at verse 43. But know this. That if the good man of our house had known in which hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. No one wants to get burdened. A burglary is invasive, it's sudden, it's unexpected, it's personal, because they come into your home. And the truth is, none of us sit up all night, every night, waiting for a burglary to happen. However, we do prepare in case one might happen. For we make sure before we go to bed that our homes are safe and secure. We ensure that everything is placed, that our doors have been locked, that our windows have been shut, so that a burglar cannot enter. And it will be the same when the Lord Jesus comes. It will be sudden, it will be unexpected, and it will be personal. You see, the burglar doesn't announce his coming. But we prepare in case he comes. When the Lord Jesus comes, it will be unexpected and it will be personal. And we ought to prepare for his coming. Dear friend, the Lord Jesus states that his coming will be like a thief in the night. But what's the solution? The answer comes in verse 44. And it comes to you from the lips of God incarnate. He says, Therefore be ye also ready. The Lord Jesus has made all the preparations. He died for your place and he now says, Come for all things are now ready. There's the opportunity offered. He also stamps home the urgency of being ready for the Bible says now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The Lord Jesus is ready to save you from your sin right now. Your sin separates you from God. The price has been paid at the cross. You must accept that you're a sinner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and call upon his name for salvation. There's the opportunity extended. That's how you prepare for the day that's coming. But I wonder, are you ready? Or for you, will it be an opportunity lost? It's one minute to midnight. On God's clock. And you need to ask. 